everyone and welcome to another episode of A Little Jaded. We are so excited to have you here and with me as always is my co-host Joanna. Joanna, you want to say hey? Yes, hello guys. Cool, okay. So today we have an extremely special guest, um, friend of Joanna's actually, uh, <laughs> Catherine, who otherwise known as Kat in the singer-songwriter world, um, performing and recording artist from California. And she self-released actually her, her debut EP, Friends at Night, in February of 2021. She's also a recent grad of University of California and will attend University of California Davis to receive her doctorate degree. She's also fresh off her year of working with the Recording Academy as a Grammy U student representative for the San Francisco chapter. Catherine, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you for such a wonderful intro. It's so great to be here and thanks for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So breaking into the music industry is obviously, I mean, some people think that it's easy and some people think that it's harder. Um, but you know, it, it's in my opinion, and in a lot of people's opinion, I'm sure it's, it's very hard, um, especially with social media where everyone is going viral and like posting music and there's just like a massive amount of music everywhere. Um, so can you explain how you've kind of been able to make yourself stand out amongst other musicians in this new like social media internet age? Yeah, I think that that's such an interesting question because it's like this new digital age that we're in um, where you're not like giving labels your CDs at, you know, a show. You're not like handing people your demos. It's like what I see my Instagram as right now currently is something like my entertainment resume through like photos and videos. And that's kind of like something that um, I tell other artists, hey, check me out. Just do a quick search on Instagram and you can see like a really quick blurb of like, um, this is what I sound like, this is where I've been, these are the events I've done, and so on and so forth. So um, I actually have not necessarily been on like the TikTok trend of like being on TikTok and showing my music on TikTok so much as Instagram. Um, and which is really interesting because I have been an artist that has used the more traditional route of like making more in-person connections, especially with the Academy, which I know we'll touch upon, but um, it's been really interesting that I'm now just getting into TikTok. Um, but it, it being on Instagram has been such um, a life savior almost in terms of um, connecting with other artists, especially, um, for example, just last month in June, um, an artist that, you know, we've been in contact with, I've reacted to their stories. They've, you know, told me, oh, your music is super cool. We should maybe collab sometime. They had an opening slot at one of their um, performances um, here in the Bay Area and they were like, hey, we love your music. Uh, would you like to open for us? And, you know, I hadn't even met them or anything in person. Um, and so we just did the show together just uh, last month. So that's kind of a really um, interesting forefront of just, wow, like Instagram is, is really helping me make these connections even when um, I haven't met these people in person. So that's kind of how my route has been uh, thus far with that. Yeah, and so exciting that you're like doing all these shows and everything. And I think that it's so interesting that you talked about how you didn't really take the social media side, which a lot of people are kind of jumping to nowadays. They're like, well, I don't know what to do. So I'm just going to put myself out there on social media. I'm going to post my music and hope that it works out that way. But something that we talk a lot about here on this podcast and something that you talked about is the importance of connections, like actually putting yourself out there to make these connections and especially as an independent and smaller artist, a huge part of building yourself up is 
you know, making people want to work with you and putting yourself out there, making people remember you. So can you explain kind of how you were able to build and continue building these connections and how you maintain them too? Yeah, and that was especially helpful when going and working for the Recording Academy and being the Grammy U representative um, for the San Francisco chapter. So I just finished that position. Um, I started in August of 2021, um, and it was a whole school year throughout my senior year until uh, May of 2022 when I just graduated. So um, having that whole year of just being able to meet different people in the industry, a lot of the work was remote uh, due to COVID reasons, of course. Um, but it was really great to just meet everyone online, uh, of course, connecting on LinkedIn and through social media, but even the ones that were here, the connections I made here in California, in the Bay Area and LA, you know, I just be like, hey, do you want to go grab a coffee? Do you want to um, meet up for lunch? And just making sure you're um, really nourishing those connections that you've made and being um, able to meet up with them in person. And um, another thing about keeping those connections going is helping other artists too in terms of oh like let me buy a ticket to your show at a local venue let me um share your post on instagram let me share your post on TikTok, um and just building up other artists will help you maintain your connections with other artists and music executives also um so uh, going back to the Grammys, of course, that was really helpful in, in terms of working with the Recording Academy, meeting different engineers from the Bay Area, meeting different managers um, and booking agents. Um, and that was super helpful. So really just maintaining um, your fan base also, um, being in school, being at a university, uh, University of California, and of course, um, going on to my PhD in English at UC Davis. Um, that has been super helpful with having a network of students who are your age, you know, the 21, 22, 20, um, and they want to listen to new music. So um, reaching out to them and telling them, hey, I have a show on this date. Um, I just put out my EP. Reaching out to them and letting them know that you're an artist is also really important in connecting with them and making them um, feel seen and heard, you know, in the industry too. Um, letting them hear a demo before it's released and saying, you know, what do you think about these lyrics and uh, this chord progression, for example. So um, those are kind of just different strategies I found to be helpful throughout my time in um, working at the Recording Academy while also being a university student. Yeah, that's awesome. and. It's really interesting how, well, because I know you personally, I know you're very out there, you're very talkative, like it's very easy for you to like talk with people, but for a lot of people, especially whether they're, you know, they want to be a musician or they want to just be like a business professional in music, it's really scary to put yourself out there in those ways. Like, hey, do you want to meet up? Like, you don't know this person, you don't know how it's going to go. Like, you're scared. What if they don't even want to talk to me? How is this supposed to go? But like you said, like with social media and everything, like it's so easy to comment on a LinkedIn post or comment on an Instagram photo. And then they will, you know, they'll see that you're interested and then that can spark more conversations. And like, especially with social media, you can see like they're interested in this music. I'll bring up this music to them or something like that. But was it always easy for you in that way? Or did you kind of have to learn how to put yourself out there? Yeah, I definitely had to learn how to put myself out there. I was so used to, well, okay, so for example, I started off like in theater when I was like 10. Then then going from musical theater onto being more of a songwriter, recording artist, as a pop artist when I was like, you know, making that switch from like 15 to 17 and then releasing my first EP at like 21 and then now I'm, or now I'm 21 at 20, I released my first EP um, and then being 21, you know, um, 
that kind of shift within the industry. It, it was really different because I was in so many different facets of like music at first, like going into theater and then going into the pop scene like that. Those are huge transitions, transitions to make uh, within the industry itself. So um, it wasn't always easy. And especially because um, I love live performing. I was always, you know, doing singing competitions or different songwriting competitions. Um, and going back to social media, you know, that was a really interesting transition to take of, oh no, now I have to film this video of myself doing a TikTok of like my own song. Like that sounds kind of interesting. Um, so that's why I kind of like veered off from that path of TikTok and, um, like doing Instagram reels for a long time, but more and more I would, another tip like I have for maybe introverted people like me who within like the industry is like, get your friends to come and do the videos with you, um, have them, you know, you, if you're on a trip together or if you're hanging out just, you know, at a restaurant, be like, hey, let's do a TikTok to my song and it can just feel that much more inclusive and better of like putting yourself out there on social media as an independent artist because you don't have, um, you know, your publicist on hand to do that for your, your PR agent. Um, it's kind of like a one-stop shop with you and your, but you have full creative control. So why not use TikTok and um, these different social media platforms to build up your own music? So it definitely was a, an interesting transition to um, reaching out to people and just wanting to say, hey, I am an artist. This is what I do. And you should maybe take a listen. And not everyone, like you said, is going to be receptive to that either. They're going to be like, oh, okay, well, maybe I'll check it out <laughs> some other time. But um, more often than not, you will get people who are interested in um, hearing new music and about you. So um, yeah, it's always a learning curve, though. I'm, I'm still constantly learning about it. So yeah, that's and that's super awesome. I think a lot of people can relate, um, you know, myself included to being an introvert and trying to put yourself out there on different platforms. It's definitely underrated because it's like it's just it's challenging you know and you're like I don't even know what content to produce let alone like how awkward is this I'm making a TikTok by myself to my own music you know like yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's gotta be like more challenging than most people than most people think so I give you lots of credit for that one but um, like, <laughs> yeah of course so a very common question like from aspiring professionals that you know we get a lot is how do I pursue music when I don't study music or, you know, go to a music industry based school in a music industry city, you know, but you recently graduated with a bachelor's in English, which technically, I mean, has nothing to do with the industry, but could be transferable. Um, and yet you've been very successful so far. So what would you like, what would your advice be to someone who's not studying music, but kind of like wants to work in the music industry, whether that be like behind the scenes or up front as a musician? Yeah, I think I'll speak on, on the musician part first in terms of the creative, um, the creative side and being a songwriter artist. Um, starting out with English, of course, you're reading like more plays and you're reading classic literature and you're doing essays and analytical essays. Um, so it was really hard in the beginning, like my freshman year, I'm like, how am I going to transition these skills into songwriting pop songs and like indie pop songs um, for other college students my age? It didn't really correlate um, back then. And I actually got involved in um, this festival, the Shakespeare Festival called Shakespeare in Yosemite. It was uh, run by my uh, two professors um, at the University of California, Merced. Um, and through that festival, we they do adaptations of Shakespeare plays and 
with original music. So I was able to go into that festival as an English um, major at uh, UC Merced and create new songs um, and new pop songs and Latin pop songs for their productions. So through that, um, just making connections like at my university, for example, and just seeing different facets of, hey, I can use my English skills um, to really help my songwriting. Um, that was something that really took a transition and into my senior year, it actually inspired a song that I'll be releasing my next single um, in August and September. Um, this, this next single I'm going to be releasing independently uh, was inspired by the script of this adapted Shakespeare play. So it kind of came really full circle of this. And of course, the song I'm releasing is a pop song, uh, but was inspired by kind of classic literature and touches upon environmentalism and social justice and um, different facets that um, I ha you haven't like yet seen in my music before um, through my last EP. Um, so also touching upon being an English major, it really helped me start writing every single day. I was writing, you know, tons of essays, like I said, and papers, but um, it really helped me get in that mode of being diligent about my writing. So I would start, um, you know, a quick journal every day about like just thoughts that I had um, or literature that I read and how can I make this into like a pop song? So just like you said, transferring those skills of writing every day, reading every day um, into songwriting um, and into my pop songwriting. So I really tried to bridge the two worlds together instead of making them so separate. And um, especially touching on the music business side of things um, and not really the creative side, being an English major uh, or whatever, you know, um, not being a music major, for example. Um, for English, you have to, you know, publish, you have to know copywriting, you have to understand kind of um, how do you protect your music as a writer? How do you protect your lyrics as a writer? Um, I really took those kind of publishing tips also that I would learn in my classes and transfer them into, well, how can I copyright my own songs? How can I be my own manager um, and make sure that I'm protecting the business law side of the music industry? Um, so just if, if you're not a music major, I know a lot of people especially working as a Grammy U rep, a lot of the other reps weren't even uh, music majors, for example, um, or music business majors. They were in journalism of just or straight, you know, business majors um, and other types of, you know, facets, facets and majors. But um, just taking whatever skills you can and they can be transferred into the music business, into the music industry and the creative side. Um, so it just depends on what facet you want to go into. Um, but definitely you can find that bridge um, to bridge your two worlds together, for example, as a university student. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, I started out doing education, but obviously I didn't want to do that. So a big thing that I see that's really common is like, what's really important is what you do outside of school too. Mm -hmm. Obviously what you do in school is important. We're not saying drop out of school or that school is unimportant, but also you have to think about what are different activities or different like organizations and things that I can do and join that will still set me apart while I'm studying something that might not really have to do with what I want to do. Um, and I feel like a lot of people don't really think about that like sometimes your major doesn't necessarily matter and sometimes like you for a musician like learning about all of these different like new new words you're like oh I actually really like this word that I learned in this like paper that I read or something and you want to use that in one of your songs or something like there's always something that can kind of connect everything so I thought that was really cool mm -hmm. but 
as we've talked about clearly, obviously you're a student who's also pursuing music and is doing all these amazing things. How have you been able to manage chasing these opportunities while getting a degree, while also prioritizing yourself, you know, your mental health and being social as a, a young person? Yeah, and, and it's it's been a tough <laughs> battle sometimes, you know, because you're doing so much and, um, you know, you're trying to book shows for yourself while trying to do your homework and also trying to have a social life and be a regular college student and be out there. And uh, one thing that has really helped is going to shows, actually, and just, you know, if I'm not performing in them, I don't always, you know, you can be burnt out of performing also. Um, and just wanting to go to shows. And um, once I... I kind of traveled back and forth from UC Merced. It's about an hour drive to San Francisco and the Bay Area where um, I currently live in right now. Um, so on the weekends, you know, I, you know, hop in my car and go to the Bay Area, go catch shows in Berkeley, San Francisco, San Jose, just around the surrounding cities in the Bay Area specifically, but wherever you're located, um, you know, just going to even local restaurants that have like music um, and kind of just keeping those connections also, you know, say, hey, who's the venue manager here or um, is, you know, the tour manager here, this and that. And, and you can kind of ask and inquire and um, try and make those personal connections in person also. But um, kind of maintaining that balance of work and school, you can, you know, go catch a show, like I said, and um, go catch some live music when you're kind of feeling that you don't want to be, you know, the star of the show. You don't want to go perform that day. Just go with a couple of friends and enjoy kind of the night while you're also making those connections, like a two-in-one kind of um, event and experience for yourself. Um, also, just really keeping organized. And I, I will tell you, I'm a big procrastinator. <laughs> and I told my professors this. I told, you know, everyone I'm a really big procrastinator. Um, but you work through your own on your own kind of time and manage your own time and that's just my process i'm not one to sit down and write a whole song like a lot of songwriters are in one sitting i will get up and maybe go for a run i'll go you know take a swim um go try out like a new activity and that'll spark something new and i'll come back um to my desk and write you know a few more verses so just kind of taking your own balance it doesn't always have to be the same method for everybody, of course, everyone has their own methods of keeping themselves balanced and um, keeping themselves confident in what they're doing. So um, that should, those were kind of just my my methods to you know keep myself balanced within the music industry. Working as a Grammy U rep, which took you know a lot of time, also um, while also performing and just keeping on top of my studies at the same time and applying to you know a phd program all on top of that during senior year so um yeah but i think that there's a lot of different methods and and just keeping active and um you know taking care of your mental health and you know eating the right foods and just but also taking time to eat the wrong foods and <laughs> taking you know a weekend to go and grab a slice of pizza and hang out with friends is also just as important yeah Definitely. I think like, yeah, just surrounding the conversation around like mental health is, is just super important and like, you know, taking those times to, to take breaks and stuff. Um, not sure if you mentioned it, but what, what are you getting your PhD in? I've yeah, I'm getting my PhD in English and with um, a designated emphasis in performance studies, actually. Nice. Okay, cool. Yeah, just 
popped into my head very curious um so, also so like kind of more on the creative side um you know part of wanting to pursue music is you know being a fan and like you know exploring your different you know parts of being in a fandom and like stuff like that um and being a fan of artists yourself and pulling inspiration from your favorite music is obviously super important in writing your own stuff. Um, so what was your like process like in finding your sound? You know, how did you how did you find it and have you found it? Yeah, you know, what? in my first EP, that was not necessarily like a trial run because it was I was writing my first EP Friends at Night in the middle of the pandemic in 2020 going into 21. And um, I had a lot of time to write, type of ref- kind of reflect on just like the current events that were happening and just some stuff that I had written pre-pandemic also and trying to like formulate where can all these songs go? So I decided to do my EP. Um, and that was released in 2021. And, um, you know, different managers and different producers that I've worked with, you know, they've kind of said, you should really just try and stick to something, try and stick to a genre. Um, and so that your fans kind of understand what what your sound is. And I definitely understand that. With my first EP though, I kind of took the leap and was very unconventional and really mixed a lot of genres. So for example, the first track on my EP is called Virgin Margaritas. And it's a Latin pop song that I actually uh, collaborated with uh, a Grammy award winning trumpet player, Cindy Shea. She's from the Mariachi Divas and she did a trumpet line on my on my song. And um, I was like, I really want to, you know, dabble into Latin pop and and just, you know, do something really fun to start out the EP. Um, And then the second and third songs are like kind of really, not really somber, but kind of somber, um, acoustic, um, high alternative pop songs um, about, you know, breakups and different situations, uh, situationships and relationships that I had been in. So kind of cross crossing a lot of the genres was what I wanted this first EP to be about. And because I had never released a full, um, a full length EP before, um, I was like, I really had nothing to lose and everything to gain from trying out these different sounds. So, um, I'm really happy I did that because those two songs, uh, Virgin Margaritas and, uh, the song Love You Too, which was one of the acoustic songs, um, got placed in, um, a queer film festival actually with this, um, web series on YouTube called Last Gasp. So it was really cool to kind of see, okay, like I, these two songs that, um, I thought were really, you know, contrasting to each other. Um, they were able to come together in one web series. It just takes, you know, one director, one producer to find your songs and be like, you know, I really have a place for these songs. And um, I connected with the director of that web series and got them placed into that web series um, on YouTube. So that was kind of like a really cool segue of saying, um, it's okay to cross genres when you're first starting out. Don't think that you necessarily have to stay within one genre or um, don't be afraid to like transcend those those barriers that I know a lot of music industry professionals create um, for artists and their artists. But um, in terms of now with how I'm seeing kind of my own flow of songwriting um, and my own producing and how that's evolving right now, uh, I've really liked indie pop a lot. A lot of um, my songs are on the verge of pop and indie pop um, and just kind of that that kind of rock central <laughs> um, and using rock instruments and pop instrumentations. Um, I listen to Maggie Rogers, Casey Musgraves, um, Conan Gray. So I, I like to 
not necessarily um, emulate, you know, their songwriting styles, but really get inspiration from their songwriting styles. Um, and how Casey Musgraves is known as this, you know, country artist, but she really is on the verge of pop and country. Um, and I just love how she's able to do that and be so insanely successful within the industry. So um, kind of with that, yeah, I just, I, I love listening to different artists, love listening to a range of artists, but definitely with these new two singles coming out pretty soon, um, you'll definitely see a difference between my first EP and the songwriting in these next two songs um, with, you know, pop and indie pop um, kind of fusions. Yeah. And just for everybody listening, I have heard her song that is going to be released and I can say it is really great and you're going to want to, you're going to want to keep up with her because you're going to want to hear it. But that's just me. You guys are going to have to listen and let us know what you guys think. But I love that you said that you were kind of directed to go a certain route with your music and you were like, "Mm, I'm not sure if that's exactly what I want to do. And obviously it paid off. Like obviously your music was getting recognized and it's the music that you like at the end of the day want it to do. And I think that that's something that is so important for small artists and creators and just everybody to like take note of is that people are going to be directing you certain ways and saying like, this is what works and this is what doesn't work. But at the end of the day, it's really important that you go with your gut and do what you want to do and release what you want to release as a musician, because I mean, you're going to be the one who's performing these songs, right? So you don't want to put out a song that you're not 100% proud of at the end of the day. Exactly. Yeah, no, that's such a great point. And oh, and thank you also for the plug of letting everyone. Obviously. <laughs> thank you. No, I, I was really, really excited for this song. Um, and I definitely agree with what you were saying of just um, at the end of the day, you're the one on the stage. Your booking manager isn't on stage. They might have gotten you to the stage, but, you know, your manager, um, everyone else is going to be, you know, ultimately the fans and the people who are going to go and pay to see you in your shows. They want to see an authentic you. They want to see you on stage performing and not, um, they, and the audience can see right through you. You know, I've been in situations where I can see right through the artist that you're not enjoying what you're playing on stage. And writing these songs and, like I said, finding my sound uh, was definitely part of the process. I definitely wouldn't have changed the process of not putting out my my first EP with these, you know, kind of cross-genre songs. Um, I really would have kept that, you know, if I had to do it all over again. And it's just so important to, at the end of the day, you're the one on the stage and you're the one that's going to be playing these songs for, you know, crowds of hundreds, thousands, doesn't matter how many um, amounts of people, you know, you always have to put on a great show at the end of the day and it comes down to the music. So yeah, that was a great point that you brought up. Yeah, I love that. And I know earlier you mentioned um, the idea of being burnt out, which happens in all facets of the music industry, right? Whether you're a performer or you're a content creator or you're a professional, like everybody deals with some form of burnout in some way. So moving on to the last question in terms of, you know, your experience in the music industry, have you ever gone a little jaded? And if so, how do you come back to yourself and the work that you love and the music that you love? Yeah, I think that um, Jade, po- Jade pointed out earlier also that just taking breaks, if you're really also like in a songwriting session and you're just like not really feeling it, 
So if you're with a collaborator by yourself, it doesn't really matter who, just, you know, take a few minutes to be like, maybe we should go do a change of scenery. Uh, we should go out to lunch instead. We should, you know, just stop and do a different activity. Um, and, you know, I've, I've been in that place where especially applying to, like I said, my PhD program in um, December, I was applying to different grad schools. I was applying to masters of music business schools, which I, I did get into. I was accepted into USC's master's program, but I decided to go the, <laughs> thank you, the uh, PhD route um, instead for, you know, research purposes and such. But, um, you know, doing those applications and um, from September of 2021 through December of 2021, it was such a, a really big time um, of transition in terms of am I going to keep going forward with college while also ha I had a few gigs lined up, um, you know, in the Merced area and in the Bay Area. So just taking your time to be like, I, I did those shows, but I did take a break between December and around like February when we were getting ready um, to head off to the Grammys as part of the um, Grammy U position. Um, and I was just really burnt out on the creative side, on the artistic side, and I just did not want to write for a little bit. I didn't want to perform because I just had done it so much within the last few months prior. So starting off the new year, I was like, okay, um, let me take a break. And I was so happy I took that break. I focused on other things. I reconnected with other friends. You know, I went, I took up hiking a lot more, uh, which is something I never did. So just like finding other activities to do and I'm going to be honest, doing all those other activities really sparked my interest of saying, okay, in um, April, I was like, I'm ready to come back and I'm ready to write a song. And that's where the new song is called Love in Yosemite. Um, I went to Yosemite actually for that Shakespeare Festival. And that's kind of where I wrote the song. I, I started performing the song live um, for some people in Yosemite during the show and got really good um, reception from it. And they were, they were really receptive towards it. So um, just finding different areas to go to, uh, it just really reignited myself to say, okay, now it's time to go back and perform. Um, and that was super helpful. So I definitely recommend just, um, I love a change in environment. Um, I love a change in scenery. Um, couldn't recommend that enough to other aspiring um, you know, professionals to not be afraid to take those breaks and um, to not think that it, it's a step back because it really isn't. It's not a step back in your, um, in your journey towards getting to where you want to go in the music industry. It's just something that you have to do for self-care purposes is what I really see it as. Um, and what's funny enough is that after that, so I got, you know, reignited from going on my trip, um, you know, just hanging out with more friends. Graduating was also a really big deal. Um, and I reached out to another booking manager in the San Francisco area um, through Instagram and through emailing. And um, actually, this is the first time I'm announcing it, but I'll be opening for um, an artist called Rosie Darling and Kayla Pern at um, Brick and Mortar in San Francisco, which is a music venue in San Francisco. Uh, so I'll be, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, they're coming on tour and they're passing through San Francisco and um, I got an opening slot on their tour. So, you know, I'm, and it's going to be October 6th. So I'm just super excited that now kind of I'm in the place where I'm I'm back in uh, wanting to perform again and wanting to be out there. But without those that time off, I don't think I'd be in the place I am now. So, yeah. That is wonderful. OK, so repeat that plug that show again. 
<laughs> yeah, so it'll be um, October 6th um, at Brick and Mortar in San Francisco, music venue in San Francisco. Um, and it'll be the Rosie Darling and Kayla Pern tour. And I'll be opening for them um, on, yeah, Thursday, October 6th of this year. Wow, that's so awesome. Congratulations. That's amazing. Thank you. So <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And yeah. actually, well, this episode is going to be out in August. So by then, your new song might already be out. Yeah, that is true. Yes, be on the lookout on Spotify for that too. Yeah, again, um, plug your socials real quick. Oh, yes, you can follow me at Cat Official Music, uh, K A T T Official Music, um, Twitter at Catherine underscore Flores. Um, yeah, and on TikTok at Catherine underscore Flores as well. Uh, and definitely more active on TikTok. So <laughs> get ready for some new videos on that. <laughs> I, I, actually, I had a quick question because obviously we know your stage name is Kat. So what was the process like for you? I don't think I've ever asked you this. What was the process like of you figuring out like, I don't want to go by Catherine Flores. I want to go by Kat. Like, how was that for you thinking about like, I want to have this like persona basically like me as an artist versus me as a person? Yeah, that's actually a really good question. You're right, but we hadn't touched on that um, before. Um, I wanted something that that sounded that was pronounced as cat. My friends call me C A T cat. Um, that's what you know. Friends at school call me. Um, I'm also known, obviously, as Catherine. Um, my my full name in you know at school, university, and everything like that. But I wanted something that was. I didn't want to go by C A T by cat. I wanted something that was. Um, different from just the regular nickname that I had. So um, I was looking at different type of different types of how to like pronounce cat or just something within the realm. And I was like, K-A-T, there's already an artist called, you know, K sorry, K-A-T cat. But I, um, I was like, why don't I just add an extra K at the end <laughs> with a K-A-T-T? Something that was easy, you know, especially for merchandise too, that was also in my mind of like having cat of just like just one, um, kind of cool, cool one single name, singular name that I can have on, you know, tickets and just, um, and merchandise too. That was kind of like the business side thinking of it. Um, but also just wanted to have, as you said, a different persona. I definitely see a different persona of myself, you know, just, you know, talking to you two and just in the real world and the regular world, but also a different persona on stage. And I didn't want to have like my regular name on stage. I wanted to distinguish the two um, and differentiate those two like, you know, people. <laughs> um, the artist Kat, K-A-T-T, and then Catherine and Kat, who's the PhD student going to school and in the music industry and working in the music industry. Um, so and yeah. The Hannah Montana. The, I really, the <laughs> Hannah Montana, yes, exactly. <laughs> I'm in class and then the next day I'll be opening for Rosie Darling. You know, that's like yeah. the funny thing. <laughs> so that's like minus kind of like- Minus the wig. Yeah, minus the wig. I'll have like my own hair there. <laughs> Like, yeah, everything's the same, but it's a different name. <laughs> exactly. Everything. She's there. I promise. She's all there, just under a different name. <laughs> exactly. Same person, yeah. I promise. <laughs> I love that. That's actually a really cool origin story. I get that. Like wanting to make them separate, but like not too different. But yeah, that's that's really wow. Okay, yeah, she really is Hannah Montana. <laughs> 
I love it. Well, thank you so much for being here, Catherine. We really, really appreciate it. You can follow her via those ads if you just rewind a couple minutes. Um, And yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. This has been another episode of A Little Jaded.